good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on this third Sunday after Pentecost as we gather together to receive God's gifts for us through the proclamation of his word and the receiving of his sacrament. Before we begin our worship, just a few things for you to keep in mind. First, again, I will invite you to be in prayer for VBS this week as we have the opportunity to minister to the children of our community. Uh, and if you haven't had the chance, feel free to walk over to the fellowship hall after worship to see all the great work that our volunteers have done getting the space decorated. And it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun, and I think kids are going to enjoy it. So if you get a chance, take a look to see how cool it looks over there. Also, a reminder that newsletter articles are due today. So if you have anything to go into the July newsletter, please let Rose know or Mary know so that we can get that in there. Are there any other announcements or any prayer requests for the congregation this morning? You have Bob? Uh, you just keep my brother Frank in your prayers this week. He's uh, having bypass surgery in Toledo on Thursday. Yeah. Keep Frank in our prayers. And Mike? This Wednesday is okay. We'll keep Dave in our prayers as well. Other other announcements? All right, if not, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts for worship as we listen to the prelude. I invite you to stand. 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. Our love we have done, and our love we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may lie in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us, and for his sake God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. to God in the highest and peace to God's people on earth. God of compassion, you have opened the way for us and brought us to yourself. Pour your love into our hearts that overflowing with joy, we may freely share the blessings of your realm and faithfully proclaim the good news of your son, Jesus Christ, our savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. A reading from Exodus. The Israelites had journeyed from Rephidim, entered the wilderness of Sinai, and camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God. The Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the Israelites, You have seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all the peoples. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses came, summoned the elders of the people, and set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded him. The people all answered as one, everything that the Lord has spoken, we will do. The word of the Lord. Our psalm for today is Psalm 100. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into God's presence with a song. Know that the Lord is God, our Maker to whom we belong. We are God's people, 
Enter the gates of the Lord with thanksgiving and the courts with praise. Give thanks and bless God's holy name. A reading from Romans. Since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand. And we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. Indeed, rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person someone might actually dare to die. But God proves his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The word of the Lord. According to St. Matthew, Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and curing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Then Jesus summoned his twelve disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to cure every disease and every sickness. These are the names of the twelve apostles. First, Simon, also known as Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector, James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus, Simon, the Canaanian, and Judas Iscariot, the one who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Go nowhere among the Gentiles, and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. As you go, proclaim the good news. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons, you received without payment, give without payment. Take no gold or silver or copper in your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or a staff, for laborers deserve their food. Whatever town or village you enter, find out who in it is worthy and stay there until you leave. As you enter the house, greet it. If the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet as you leave that house or town. Truly I tell you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah on the day of judgment than for that town. See, I am sending you out like sheep into the midst of wolves, so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of them, for they will hand you over to councils and flog you in their synagogues, and you will be dragged before governors and kings because of me. 
as a testimony to them and the Gentiles. When they hand you over, do not worry about how you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given to you at that time. For it is not you who speak, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his children. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I tell you, you will not have gone through all the towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. The Gospel of the Lord. Invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So I don't know how you are feeling today. I don't know if you woke up feeling well and energized and happy for this day. I don't know if you woke up tired, wanting to stay in bed just a little bit longer. Don't know if you had a good week or a bad one. I don't know what's on your mind, if you're preoccupied or not. I don't know, perhaps you're feeling spiritual today, or maybe not. Maybe you had to drag yourself here today. You had to convince yourself to come. Maybe you look forward to being here. <clears throat> maybe there is some sin, some conflict, some problem that's weighing on you that makes it difficult for you to sit here this morning. Or maybe not, and maybe all is well with your soul. But whatever the case may be, here is the word God gives you today through the Apostle Paul in the book of Romans. Since you are justified by faith, you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, as you sit in Lafayette, Ohio, you have peace with God. And you have peace with God, not because you've done all the right things, not because you've ordered your life correctly, but because God has justified you. That is to say that God has sent his son to live perfectly and to die perfectly on your behalf. Once you were a problem for God, you were his enemy. You rejected his word, you broke his law, you lived in rebellion against him, you had no love for him, you did not trust him, but God still loved you. And he promised to turn you from his enemy to his very own child. And he did this by sending his own son to take all of your sin onto himself. On the cross, Jesus becomes as God's enemy, as the sinner deserving God's wrath because he bears the world's sin, including yours, onto himself. God proved, beyond a shadow of doubt, God proved that he loved you by sending Christ to die for you. And as St. Paul says, now you have peace. As we sit here in this moment, you have peace. Now, it doesn't mean you feel a particular way. Sometimes we get that wrong. Sometimes we just equate peace with a feeling or a mood. Like sitting on a quiet beach is peaceful. The kids go to bed and it's quiet, that's peaceful. There's no fighting going on around us, that's peaceful. And all of those things, of course, are good and right. But that's not what the apostle means when he says, you have peace with God. What he means is that the life of Christ is now holding you together. Peace with God means that our life has become life with Christ. When God sees you, he does not see the old sinner. He sees Christ. And he says nothing can separate him from you. 
All the good gifts that God has are now promised to you. Every good thing that God can give, he is giving to you. In fact, being justified is itself a great gift to you. Paul says we are justified by God. This is passive. This is something done to you and for you. See, the way the, way the world usually works is that we usually have to justify ourselves. If we do something wrong, we have to explain it. We have to explain to our boss why we showed up to work late. We have to explain to the doctor why the number on the scale is creeping up. We have to explain to our spouse why we spent too much money on our latest shopping trip, and so on. Everyone wants us to justify our wrongdoings. Explain it. Explain your problems. Why are you the way you are? Get yourself off the hook. Do better next time. Fix yourself. But what God knows about you is that he knows you can't get yourself off the hook. Your heart is too corrupt for that. Our hearts are too self-serving. We lack the innocence to justify ourselves because we are, in fact, guilty. Our sins are obvious. There's no getting around it. And so God himself justifies us. He sets us right. He declares us righteous. He gets us off the hook, and he forgives our sins. And this he does through his son, Jesus Christ. So our life, in fact, is completely tied into the life of Christ. We're united to him. This is our peace, and this is why Paul can say so confidently, you have peace. We don't have to justify our existence any longer. We don't have to try to get ourselves off the hook. We simply get to be free from our guilt and free from all accusations. God says, because of Christ, you are forgiven, and your justification comes in trusting that message. You don't have to do anything. God does it all for you. But you may ask, and you're right to ask, that, well, I have peace with God. I'm justified. That's wonderful. But why is life so hard? Why was last week so hard? Why do I still have problems? Why am I still waking up tired? What exactly does peace with God look like? And first, we know what it doesn't look like. St. Paul anticipates our question in Romans 5. Because after saying we have peace with God, he writes, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings. Sharing in the glory is our hope, but not a complete reality in the present. Having peace with God, according to St. Paul, means that we can boast in our sufferings. And that's because these sufferings are no longer ours. The consequences of our sins, even our sin itself, are no longer our problem because Christ has taken them from us. They belong to him. Our sin is no longer our sin, but it is Christ. And you cannot take from Christ what belongs to him. And so Paul says, our peace doesn't look like present glory. It doesn't look like the world's riches. It's not going to look like perfect health. It's not going to look like wealth. It's not going to look like happiness in the way the world considers happiness. Our peace with God doesn't look like a perfect problem-free life. It doesn't look glorious to the world at all. Instead, our peace looks like hope in the midst of suffering. Our peace is a hidden peace because it's hidden in what Christ does for us. 
and it is poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Our peace is not the kind of peace the world imagines the good life to be. Instead, our peace is shown to us most clearly in the cross of Christ, and it's revealed to us even in our own sufferings. And the reason for our peace being hidden, I think, is clear. The reason is, is it shows us in our sufferings and in our temptations that we have peace is because our hearts will trust in anything that's not God given the opportunity. And so God allows our peace to be hidden in our sufferings because God wants our hearts to know that the true source of our peace is him alone. Luther puts it like this, Therefore our God, after he has justified us and given us spiritual gifts, quickly brings tribulation upon us, exercises us, and tests us so that this godless nature of ours does not rush in upon enjoyable sins. Thus man lives, thus man learns to love and worship God purely for himself, and not just because of his gifts. In other words, we can turn to our suffering, we can turn to our sins, and we say, you belong not to me, but to Christ, because he has taken them from me. And so when we can do that, we can stand in the true confidence of the gospel that we have peace. In our sinful flesh, if God were to give us all the worldly benefits of his glory, if he were to make us rich, if he were to make us perfectly healthy, if he were to arrange our lives in such a way that we were always comfortable, that we had no problems at all, all of us would end up with a big spiritual problem. Because our problem would be that we would look at our carefree life and say, wow, I guess I really earned this reward. I had this coming to me. I've got this life figured out. I'm perfect. I know just exactly what I'm doing. Instead, God wants us in this life to trust in his word. He wants us to trust in his promise of forgiveness. He wants our hearts to turn to him. Not because he can make us rich and healthy, but because he is our dear Heavenly Father who loves us and cares for us. To do that, he allows us to live in this sinful world with its problems. He allows us even to suffer so that we can look to him and say, I have peace even in this suffering. I have peace because I know that I belong to Jesus Christ. The troubles in this life are the opportunities God gives us to put our trust into him. These are the opportunities to make our faith real. It is to hold on to his word that we are in fact justified, that we do in fact have peace with him. And this is the true message of faith. We trust in God's word which justifies us, which makes us righteous, even when the world tries to present evidence to the contrary. And so when we do suffer, we can say, I boast in the suffering because while I was still weak, Christ died for me, a sinner. Christ died for you. So now and forever, you know your true identity. You know your eternal future, and you know that God is not going to withhold any good gift from you. In very practical terms, St. Paul puts it like this in Philippians. I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
Likewise, this is how we boast in our sufferings. The strength we are given from God is the strength of the Holy Spirit, who God pours into our hearts and who reminds us over and over of this truth. Since you are justified by faith, you have peace with God. That's it. You don't have to earn your peace with God, and you don't have to doubt it. No matter what's going on in your life, it is true because God has said it. He has accomplished it for you, and he has declared that it is so. You have peace with God, and he proved it to you. Because while you were still a sinner, Christ died for you. Amen.
Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, Father the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, the one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us and for our salvation. He came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became truly human. For our sake he was crucified and Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again, and in accordance with the scriptures, he ascended to heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to death to the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and Apostolic Church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, you treasure your people for Christ's sake and you give us your commandments. Grant that we, redeemed by Christ's blood, may do all that he has spoken to us. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, send forth laborers to make known the gospel of your kingdom in Christ Jesus. Prosper the labor of pastors, missionaries, and all church workers, that many people may hear, believe, and praise you. Lord, in your mercy. O righteous Father, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and earth is named, give your grace to the fathers and sons of your church. Inspire them by your own example and the example of your beloved Son to be perfectly united in faith, hope, and love. Lord, in your mercy. O oh God, our God, the earth still yields its increase under your care. Bless us with daily bread and give us wisdom as stewards of your creation. Lord, in your mercy. O oh Lord, turn the eyes of Joseph, our president, Richard Michael, our governor, and all who make, execute, and judge our laws to you that they may receive wisdom and strength to faithfully carry out their duties. Lord, in your mercy. Lord. Heavenly Father, your Son demonstrated his power over sin by healing every disease and affliction. Give healing to those in need, especially Frank, Charlie, Jane, Linda, Nancy, Allison, Steve, Roxanne, Marilyn, Dave, Tony, Carolyn, and Amanda. Deliver them according to your gracious will. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, you descended on Mount Sinai and bid Moses to come into your presence. Prepare the hearts of all those who come to your altar today that they may receive Christ's body and blood for their forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. O blessed Lord, through Moses you called a people to yourself 
and from them you delivered up your own son to be our savior. By his sufferings and death, he redeemed us sinners from our sins. By his resurrection, he has released us from the fear of death. Help us to live as your people, doing the good works for which you created us, and praying with confidence all that is in our hearts through Jesus Christ, your son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. have made is good and your love endures forever you bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine nourish us with these gifts that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence in jesus christ our savior and lord amen 
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join our unending hymn. Holy, mighty, and merciful Lord, heaven and earth are full of your glory. In great love you sent to us Jesus, your Son, who reached out to heal the sick and suffering, who preached good news to the poor, and who on the cross opened his arms to all. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his death, resurrection, and ascension, we await his coming in glory. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of all who share this heavenly food, the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. I invite you to stand. Now let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.